Hello again, everyone. This is Damien from the Language Caster team, and you're listening to the Learn English Through Football podcast. We hope you're all well and uh, still staying safe. I'm here in London, where the weather is bright and sunny, and uh, hopefully the weather is good where you are too. Right. On today's show, we continue with our series of podcasts about classic World Cup matches that have appeared on FIFA.com's website in their hashtag World Cup at Home series. And on today's podcast, we'll feature a game from the 1998 World Cup between Argentina and England. This was a last 16 match, one of the knockout round games. Previous World Cup matches that we featured include Spain and the Netherlands from the 2014 World Cup, the Netherlands and Brazil from the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, the second round match between Brazil and Italy from 1982, the 1994 World Cup match between Nigeria and Italy, and another last 16 game between two great rivals, West Germany and the Netherlands from 1990. First of all, in this podcast, we'll look at some of the background to the 1998 World Cup and then explain some of the language used to talk about the match between these two huge rivals, Argentina and England. We then finish up with a look back at what happened in the rest of the tournament. Você está escutando languagecaster.com. 1998 World Cup background. The 16th edition of the World Cup took place in France, which was the second time the French had hosted the tournament. The first time was in 1938, when they were beaten by eventual winners Italy in the quarter-final. This time round, France defeated defending champions Brazil 3-0 in the final to become the seventh different country to lift the trophy, after Italy, Brazil, Germany, Uruguay, Argentina and England. For the first time, there were 32 teams taking part, and they were divided into eight groups of four, with the top two sides qualifying for the knockout stage. This was also the first World Cup in which three substitutions were allowed, and it was also the introduction of the Golden Goal, which took effect in the knockout rounds, and simply meant that the first team to score in extra time would win. Four countries were making their World Cup debuts, uh, Jamaica from the CONCACAF region, uh, Japan from the Asian Confederation, South Africa from CAF, and Croatia from UEFA. Well, teams to miss out, including two-time winners Uruguay, the Czech Republic and Sweden, who had finished third at the previous World Cup. The favourites included Brazil, who were ranked first in the world and hoping to become the first side to retain the trophy since they themselves did so in 1962. Germany were ranked second in the world and were the current European champions, while teams such as Mexico, fourth in the world, England, fifth and Argentina, sixth, were also tipped to do well. France had failed to qualify for the previous two World Cups and had performed poorly in the 1996 European Championships, so were not among the favourites at the start of the tournament. Dark horses included Spain, Croatia, the Netherlands, as well as Nigeria, Denmark and Norway. Shocks and controversies. Well, Brazil were defeated by Norway in the group stages. The Norwegians came from behind to beat the holders, but 
as they had already qualified as group leaders, it did not really matter. Perhaps the biggest shock of the tournament involved Spain, who failed to get out of their group after losing to Nigeria 3-2 in their opening game and then only drawing 0-0 with Paraguay. There was one huge story from the finals and that revolved around Ronaldo, or Fenomeno, who was one of the best players in the world at the time and had been an important part of Brazil's run to the final. The 21-year-old Inter Milan striker had a fit before the final and it seemed that he would not play. And then 45 minutes before the kickoff, he was back on the team sheet and took his place in the starting eleven. The fact that both he and the Seleção played poorly in that final meant that there have been many discussions and theories as to what really happened before the game. You naar languagecaster.com. Last 16, England versus Argentina. The background. The two sides had met on three previous occasions in World Cups, uh, with England winning the first two, 3-1 in the 1962 World Cup in Brazil, and then a controversial 1-0 win at Wembley in the 1966 World Cup. The third time these two sides met at a World Cup finals was in 1986 in Mexico, when Argentina defeated England, again in controversial circumstances, thanks to Diego Maradona, the Hand of God goal, followed by one of the greatest ever World Cup Maradona goals. turns like a little eel and comes away from trouble. Little squat man comes inside Butcher, leaves him for dead. Outside Fennec leaves him for dead and puts the ball away. And that is why Maradona is the greatest player in the world. He buried the English defence. He picked up that Both these sides had been seeded and were not expected to face each other until much later in the tournament. But England lost 2-1 against Romania and finished second in their group to set up this last 16 match in Saint-Étienne. Now I remember watching this game at home in Tokyo and uh, the kickoff was three o'clock in the morning. Um, I also remember being not only exhausted after this particular game, but for the whole month of football as I watched games at night and worked during the day. Great days. <laughs> now the match, the game started at a high tempo with both sides going close. And after only three minutes, England's keeper, David Seaman, gave away a penalty when he took Argentina captain Diego Simeone down. Gabriel Batistuta drove the ball powerfully past Seaman to put Argentina one up. Almost immediately, Michael Owen won a penalty after driving at the Argentinian defence and was then brought down by Ayala. England captain Alan Shearer stepped up to score the equaliser in an exhilarating start to the game. Then, 10 minutes later, Michael Owen scored one of the goals of the tournament when he picked the ball up around midfield and went on a run, beating three opponents before slamming his shot past Carlos Roa in the Argentinian goal. Beckham now to Owen, and here's another Owen run. He's going to worry them again. It's a great run by Michael Owen, and he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal! What an amazing moment in Michael Owen's young career. For the next 15 minutes, it was all England, but they failed to take their chances. And slowly, Argentina came back into the game, thanks mainly to the close skills of Ariel Ortega. Dribbles, shimmies, nutmegs, and combinations of short and long passes. And just before halftime, Argentina scored from a well-worked free kick that came straight 
from the training ground. Inter Milan's Zanetti smashing home a shot that caught the England defence napping. Oh, what an end to a breathless first half. Four goals, two penalties and end-to-end action. Almost immediately after the start of the second half, England were down to 10 players after David Beckham kicked out at Simeone right in front of the Danish referee. He gave a straight red for retaliation and it was going to be an uphill task for England. The complexion of the game changed after the sending off and Argentina carved out some great openings at the start of the second half while England were reduced to long range shots in a real backs to the wall performance. And then with just 10 minutes to go, England scored from a set piece only for the referee to rule it out for an infringement or foul on the goalkeeper. With England players celebrating, the Argentinians quickly restarted and broke on the counter and only a last ditch tackle from England's Anderton prevented them from taking the lead. What tension! The game went into extra time, which meant that a golden goal would win it. The first team to score would win, just as host France had done two days earlier versus Paraguay. England had an appeal for a penalty waved away by the referee, but although Argentina pressed and tried to break down a dogged, stubborn England defence, neither side was able to score. And so we went to penalties. Bertie and Shearer both scored the first penalties and when Palmer striker Crespo had his shot saved by Seaman, England had the advantage. But then Paul Ince had his shot saved by Roa. Gajardo placed his calmly, Veron slammed his into the roof of the net. Mercer replied for England and Owen rifled one in off the post. Napoli defender Roberto Ayala slotted home his side's fifth and it was left to Newcastle's David Batty to score to keep England in the tournament. His shot, however, was saved and England went out of a major competition for the third time in the 1990s on penalties. Argentina would face the Netherlands in the quarterfinals. What an amazing goal that was by Dennis Bergkamp. His last minute winner knocked out Argentina and sent the Netherlands through to the semi-final where they fell short against the holders Brazil on penalties. Brazil had already beaten Chile and Denmark in the earlier knockout stages before they faced France in the final at the Stade de France in Paris. The French had coasted through their group, scoring nine times in their three wins, but then had to work really hard in all of their knockout matches. In the last 16, they defeated Paraguay with a golden goal by defender Laurent Blanc, the first time in World Cup history that this type of goal had decided a game while they beat Italy on penalties after a scoreless draw in the quarter-final, and then came from behind with a brace from another defender, Lilian Turam, to beat Croatia 2-1 in the semi-final. In the final, the French side scored two unanswered goals in the first half, two headers from Zinedine Zidane, and Brazil never really looked as if they would get back into the game in the second half. Indeed, France, despite going down to 10 in the second half, scored a third right at the death through Emmanuel Petit's breakaway strike. France had won their first ever 
World Cup title, becoming the sixth host nation to do so, and the country celebrated wildly. The French fans would be celebrating again two years later, as Les Bleus went on to win their second ever European Championship. Oh, great days for French football indeed. Vous écoutez languagecaster.com. That's it for this World Cup memory. Don't forget, we've also looked back at games from 1982, as well as some gap-fill activities and lots and lots of vocabulary support. Just come along to our site here at languagecaster.com. You can also contact us here at Languagecaster via our various social media platforms at Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest and Instagram. You can come and ask a question on our forums, make a suggestion, drop us a line, or simply say hello at admin at languagecaster.com. Okay, take care everyone. Stay safe and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.